I hope you like Norwegian black metal, because I don't do earbuds. <laughs> no earbuds! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of the No Earbuds podcast, or the only one I'll ever do. It really just depends on how often I like to sit alone in my house with my dog and talk to nobody when my husband is out of band practice. The reason I'm doing this episode, though, is because it's almost the end of 2019. What the fuck? I don't even know where this year went. I don't understand. I've been so busy, and I can't believe it's been almost an entire year since I launched No Earbuds. But it has, so I felt like the best way I could recap the many releases I worked on this year and that No Earbuds was a part of would be to do something like this. Just talk to straight to all of you and hopefully some of you listen and maybe there's releases that I worked on that you missed or you just didn't have time to check out or you were obsessed with another one so you didn't get to listen to this other thing I put out. I don't know. There's a lot. Last year, for example, in 2018, I think I worked on like 20 records, which sounds like a lot, right? For one person, that's quite a bit, especially in a year uh, where I was basically emotionally unstable the whole time and struggling on a deeply personal and existential level. But that's for another podcast that I'll never do. Um, (laughs) But if you think about it, 20 records, 2018, that's a lot. Well, 2019, I worked on over 40 releases. What? That's too many. I really got to chill in 2020, which is a good thing because I'm pregnant and I will be chilling with my baby. But anyway, 40 releases, there's no humanly possible way I could recap it in a way that doesn't sound boring or take up too much time. So that's where this idea for the podcast came in. And I'd like to also shout out my awesome new intern, Hannah, who came up with this great idea to have the first annual No Earbuds Dundee Awards. If you haven't been following on social media, that's fine. We probably haven't even gotten it started yet, or we're barely getting started. But we are running our very own version of the Dundees because, as you know, No Earbuds would not exist if it weren't for my lifelong die-hard obsession with The Office. So I am using this as a way to recap some of the smaller releases that came out this year. There was a lot of singles, videos, EPs that I worked on that, you know, they're not full albums, but you should know about them too. And most of those artists are probably gearing up to put out full-length records in 2020. So it's worth paying attention to now, I think. So before I get started, I do want to say um, one thing. If you are a podcast snob, I would like to ask you to please be gentle with me. I've never done this before. I did a host radio show years ago at my former job, um, and that was super fun. But I had someone else in the room with me at all times who was sort of guiding me and making sure I wasn't messing up or sounding repetitive or stupid. And if I did or if I felt uncomfortable, he could easily just go back and delete it and we could start over. Guess what? I just downloaded Audacity like 15 minutes ago, so um, this is going to be a learning experience for me, and if this is a terrible listening experience for you, I would like that feedback, but I would also like you to be very gentle with it. My hormones are crazy right now, and I just, I'm an emotional person as it is, so just hit me up on the DM and just be like, listen, here's a tip, not trying to be a jerk and not trying to podcast blame to you, but maybe you should try this. That would be helpful, but that being said... I don't want these episodes to go too long because I know I don't have much time to listen to long episodes of podcasts and I really want to spend more time talking about the records and playing you some music from them. So I am going to stop 
this introduction now, but I'm really excited about sharing this with you in a different format, and I hope you like it, and if you don't, just keep it to yourself. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't even have to tell me. Just move on. Scroll. Keep scrolling. Honestly, just keep scrolling. Let's just get right into it with an album that came out back in May from Aaron West in the Rowing 20s called Routine Maintenance. I want to tell y'all a little story about Aaron West and my relationship with Dan Campbell, who is the creator of the project and also probably better known as the vocalist of the amazing band The Wonder Years. I was laid off two years ago, well just about two years ago, and it was completely unexpected and we're not going to get into it ever because I've talked about it enough, but um, I, you know, I didn't immediately think, oh, let me just freelance, let me just go off my own, because my confidence was shot, and I didn't trust anybody, and I, I was, I went into a pretty dark, dark time, so I had no intentions of working freelance or putting myself out there right away. What happens the first day, literally it's the afternoon that I was laid off, so in the morning I wake up, I go in where I think I'm going to work, but I actually ended up getting laid off, and that afternoon, I remember I was on a phone call, and when I got off the call, I had all these text messages, and God only knows, I will never know how the word spread that fast, but obviously there was a leak, um, but the word spread, people were texting me, wishing me their best, you know, all these nice, nice things, and one of those people was Dan Campbell. You know, backstory there is, you know, I knew him through music and being a fan of the wonder years I, we weren't we had never worked together before um you know my, I, my former job we tried to bring in the wonder years for a couple meetings and we had met a few times but certainly had never been like on a project together in a real capacity so i get this text from him and he's saying you know the same thing that everyone else is you know just heard the news can't believe it like i'm so sorry um but you know, the Wonder Years are going to put out a new record this year. And if you're interested in talking about it, I would love for you to be on the team. All right, hold up. <laughs> Can y'all imagine what that text felt like for me that day? That was crazy. I, you know, had gotten laid off in the morning and everything in my life felt like a mess at that time. And here was the singer of a band whose logo I literally have tattooed on my arm, by the way, telling me that he was interested in talking to me about his new record, about their new record. That blew my mind, and obviously, if you are, have been paying attention to me over the last couple of years, you know that I have been working with the Wonder Years, and I worked that record, Sister Cities, with them, and it was probably one of the best experiences of my life, and at the same time, it was so challenging, because I thought, you know, oh God, I was like, I'm in such a bad state right now, like, and I'm about to go work with my favorite band, I really hope I don't mess this up, and, you know, I don't think I did. Dan, if you're listening, maybe you can vouch for me. I'm pretty sure I didn't, or else maybe I would have never gotten to work on Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties with you. Let's talk about Routine Maintenance. Uh, this is the second full-length album to come out from Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties. Uh, it came out May 10th this year, and, you know, it's it came out on Hopeless, by the way. Shout out Hopeless. And, you know, this is, this is a record, if you're familiar with the Aaron West universe, this record is... It's less sad than the first one. I think the first one introduces Aaron's story to the world and 
Aaron's story is really, really devastating. So that first record, I remember when it came out, I just, I, I remember I only listened to it a few times when it first came out. Cause I was like, this is fucking dark. Like this is so beautiful, but it's so sad that like, I don't know how often I can just throw this on. And you know, he continued building the universe over the course of, you know, those following years after the first LP. For anyone who's not familiar, who's listening right now, who maybe is a Wonder Years fan, but hasn't really dived deep on Aaron West, or maybe you are not a fan of any of this and you're curious what Aaron West is. I'm going to read you just a sentence that I'm, I'm not sure. I think Dan might have written this, but maybe I wrote it. I don't remember. But Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties is as much a band as it is a story. The band plays Americana, sometimes with six or eight or ten people, a horn section, a banjo, a lap steel, strings, and more. And sometimes as a one-man band with an acoustic guitar and his, and his, oh, I fucked it up. There it is. It sounded so great for a second, and I fucked it up. Anyway, the story follows a man named Aaron who, after a series of devastating losses, wanders the country looking for purpose, direction, and redemption. So, Dan made this kind of conceptual story of this character named Aaron West, and when I tell you that he has thought of everything when it comes to Aaron West in the world that Aaron lives in, he really has. I mean, if you go see Aaron West live, you're you're not seeing Dan Campbell doing Aaron West. Like you are completely immersed in that world. He formed the project in 2013 and ever since then he's just been building layer upon layer to this this world that this guy lives in. You know, every show, every milestone is factored into the bigger picture of his story and it's so meticulously crafted that you often forget it's a story at all. Bottom line is that the fictional universe that Dan creates with Aaron West, honestly, when you're listening to especially a record like Routine Maintenance, it often feels so much more authentic and like just regular human experience. And I think that's what made this record so special to me was that, you know, a combination of the fact that, you know, Aaron's story has developed now to the point where, you know, he's still going through it for sure. But there are a lot more high points on this record for Aaron than there were on the last one. On the last one, He's dealing with loss, he's dealing with divorce, he's dealing with a lot of pain, and that's kind of it. And on this record, he is kind of stumbling out of this divorce and hits the road. Hits the road and starts going west. He's got his sights set on LA, and he moves, and he forms a band, and he finds real success with his band. And that part of the story is really uplifting, in a sense. It's still a really sad story. It doesn't matter, you know, that things are going good for him. It's still, like, at the core of it. He's still feeling it. But I feel like that idea of routine maintenance is really like he's working on himself and he's getting better. And that's what I think for me personally, I connected to a lot on this record is like, we're all going to get bloodied up in a bar fight at some point, you know, maybe not literally, because personally, I don't get in bar fights. I don't even go to bars. I can't stand them. But (laughs) you know what I mean is more just like, we're all going to hit those low points. We are all going to deal with it in some capacity. Loss, breakups, layoffs, whatever happens to us, it's all a universal experience. And so I I loved this record for that. I loved feeling like I could kind of root for Aaron a little bit more on this record and see him succeed and have moments of possible optimism. And I, I loved that about this record. And I think, you know, it's a record that Anyone who likes Bruce Springsteen, Joni Mitchell, Rilo Kylie, The Weaker Thins, there's all kinds of stuff going on here sonically. It's definitely more Americana-leaning than The Wonder Years. Completely Americana-leaning, but it is certainly a different side of Dan, and I highly suggest spending some time with it if you haven't. And if you ever want a deeper dive on the Aaron West universe, feel free to hit me up. I'd love to talk about it. Also, before I play you a clip of probably my favorite song on the record. Um, I love this little fun fact is that as 
Dan was making routine maintenance, he was expecting his first child. And by the time the record came out, his son Wyatt was born. And I just loved that part of this because I feel like it added the fatherly and parental kind of instincts of of Aaron, it kind of infiltrated it in a really natural way. So that's a fun fact. And hello, Wyatt. Someday maybe you'll listen to this and, you know, maybe you won't. I hope that my podcast isn't something you're listening to as an adult. Anyway, one of my favorite songs on the record is a song called Winter Coats. So here's a little clip of that. I took pity on Let's talk about the next record. And this one came out only a couple weeks after the Aaron West record. And it is from a band duo called Slingshot Dakota. And the record is called Heavy Banding. I keep laying my life down for you. Keep on stepping right Now, the very first time I listened to this record, I really connected with that song I was just playing. It's called Louder. It was the first single the band released from the record, and they, you know, they made a video for it. It was the whole thing. But it was something that, like, while I was listening to the record and trying to decide if it was if I was the right fit to work on it, I, you know, really instantly connected with that line. We'll just keep getting louder because I think after everything that happened with that layoff, oh, this is going to be a common theme. Jesus Christ! Um, everything that happened with that. You know, I felt sort of like the community that we had worked so hard building over all those years was just kind of ripped out from under us. And it was just like a complete, like, from the powers that be of the people in charge, it was a way of them saying, like, that's cute, but it doesn't matter, you know? And, like, I understand now, years past, that it did matter. It does matter. It'll always matter. Because I still talk to some of these people every day. I still work with some of these people every day. That community is real. And I don't give a shit if it made money or not. I don't give a shit if the people who were in charge believed in it or not because we believed in it. And the fact that we believed in it means it existed because that's how this shit works. Ask Tinkerbell. That line will just keep getting louder. They repeat it over and over again until it feels like a a chorus of people screaming it at you. That really resonated with me because I felt like, yeah, you know what? We will. We will just keep getting louder. We don't need you. I don't need a corporate dude to tell me that what I've built is real, you know? I We don't need him. Like, we don't need them. Like, we can do this ourselves and we'll just keep getting louder until people finally pay attention. And that's well, something that I think I connected to a lot with Slingshot Dakota and their experience as a band as well. Some quick, you know, info about them if this is the first time you're hearing about them, which seems silly, but hey, no judgment. 
Slingshot Dakota is a, like I said, it's a two-piece band, drums and keys. It is so cool the way uh, vocalist and keyboardist Carly Commando handles that shit like a boss and like really can, you listen to the record and you'd be stunned that (laughs) what you're listening to, there's no guitars, there's no bass, like that stuff's coming all from Carly. And Tom is just a beast and the two of them together, they're husband and wife, that's a big part of it. And again, if (laughs) if you didn't know that, feel like you've been sleeping or you didn't look at the album cover or something but they are just like crazy crazy in love they're crazy oversharers with their love i love them for it but you follow them on twitter you are going to find out when they have sex i'm just letting you know like it's gonna happen you're gonna see that dwight gif and you're gonna know right away that they had a great night i think that the personality that they share as a couple and as a band it's part of what i think makes them so special it makes them so lovable and uh, I I knew I was like I listened to the record that one song kind of really hooked me and then just knowing them and talking to them and understanding their experience as a band I felt like you know what we shared a lot in common and it was worth seeing where it could go together and what I loved about this record for Slingshot Dakota was I think it was a real reawakening for them in terms of how they approached being a band in the mu- modern music industry I think They've been fucked over before, and maybe fucked over isn't the right word I want to use, but I'm going to use it anyway, because again, podcast newbie, not going back. (laughs) But, you know, they had experiences where people just didn't get them, you know, or people wrote them off for whatever reason, and I thought, well, shit, there's plenty of people who don't get me. If I had a dollar for every person who has a misunderstanding of who I am as a person, I would not have to work, honestly, because that happens to me literally all the time in my life. And I felt like I really connected to their story in that sense. And, you know, that feeling of being underestimated and like being cast aside for whatever reason, like, okay, like, we definitely shared that in common. And, you know, I really liked the fact that, you know, this record came at a time for Carly and Tom where they realized that this game of this music business stuff, it's just not fair. It's very unequal. And, you know, not to mention the way that the, the country has been shaping out as well over the last couple of years, but the music industry in general, it's just not fair. And there were so, there are so many artists and bands who deserve better. And I think Carly coming to that self-realization for both herself as a female in this world and also herself as a musician um, really put a tenacity to this record that is what made it stand out for me so obviously ended up working on it I loved working with Carly and Tom I think they're great I would love to spend more time with them I think they're hilarious people and the best part is we all love The Office like really quite a bit like there's very few people out there who catch every reference I make and Carly was always right there and Carly always gets my references I, I adore that about her and you know actually I have probably some other bands that I should connect Carly with because I have other bands who are big Office fans and you guys would probably be friends but anyway so that song Louder was a great first single though because you know first off it sounds like a full four-piece band there's no question it does not sound like there's just two people playing in that so that's pretty cool but I loved it thematically because it it was kind of equally scathing and hopeful. <laughs> it was like, we got this and we're going to do it together, but also fuck you if you leave us out. Like, I, I loved that. It was, it's a it's a rallying cry for inclusion and perseverance in, in a world of unprecedented injustice and a boys club music industry that we're all a part of. So I highly recommend if those things sound like messages that you can get behind, that's a great song to start with. But, you know. There are others. <laughs> That's my probably my favorite, but I also want to play you a clip of another favorite of mine from the record called Casino Night. 
in the press release for the album, we called this a mid-tempo thank you next for adult friendships. I loved that. I thought that was when, I think, was it Tommy McPhail? I don't know who wrote that. Somebody came up with that and I just jumped into it because I was like, that is the perfect way to describe this song. Sonically, it is. It's like, it's mid-tempo. It's very like chill. It has a good, beautiful, really beautiful build to it. But thematically, it is kind of like, fuck it. You know, like some friendships just don't work out. And this was a story of something that Carly experienced with someone. And it hurts when those things don't work out when when adult friendships kind of fall apart. But it is also just like, you have to move on. And that song, it's, you know, it's mournful, but it handles it with such gratitude and grace that I, I can't get enough of it. It is exhilarating, truthfully. And I'm going to play you a clip of it right now. But yeah, what else about Slingshot Dakota? I mean, they're just the best. Everybody who loves them knows them and knows what I'm talking about. I got to see them this year as well. And Carly did a cover of an Alicia Keys song. And I just like can't believe how talented she is. Her voice, her piano playing, everything. She's just, she's killer. Um, And she's such a boss. She is such a community leader. And she is so inspiring. If I had daughters, I would want them to know who Carly was because she makes honest music and confronts the faults of this world and, you know, really paves the way for other females to follow suit. And that to me is like, that's the driving force behind Slingshot Dakota. It's just their relentless pursuit of justice. And, you know, if that means they're going to call you out, they're going to call you out. And God, I just would love to, I would never want to be on the receiving end of that. But that's what we love about Slingshot Dakota. They take no bullshit and they don't keep their mouth shut. They're just going to keep getting louder. So you can either deal with it or you don't have to listen to them. That's all. Next album I want to talk to y'all about is from a band from Milwaukee slash Chicago called Telethon. Uh, Their record, Hard Pop, came out earlier this year on Take This to Heart Records. June 21st was the day, which I have to be honest, I'm pretty sure they all chose because of the Jeff Rosenstock song. But yeah, Telethon, Hard Pop, I have so much to say about it, but here's a clip of a song first. Become so tightly wound, I can't stop it anymore. I'm in the quiet when there's no one else around. How long do I let it go for? This 
song is called How Long Do I Let It Go For? That was the first single they released off this record. Um, and yeah, I where do I even start with Telethon? First off, let me go back all the way to when I was at my last job. Uh, Telethon, I had heard about them because they submitted this album for us to check out. And it was a 30-track not kidding, 30 songs, about 90 minute runtime. It was a straight up punk rock opera. It was called The Grand Spontanean. And if I'm, if I'm butchering that, I'm sorry, Kevin. But, you know, what are you going to do when a band that you've never heard of sends you some shit like that? Are you really going to sit down and listen to the whole thing? I don't know. I did. I'm crazy. I listened to it at some point and I remember just thinking like, there's too much going on here. There's just like, I can't follow, you know, but this is a good songwriter. I could tell from that very first time I listened to that record was like, this is a great songwriter and obviously someone who's not afraid to just dive deep and dare greatly and just do something because they want to and they believe in it, regardless if anyone's going to hear it. And I respond really well to that kind of tenacity. So I always kind of kept Telethon on my radar. And once I was freelancing, I was able to reconnect with them and I got to work with them on their 2018 EP, Modern Abrasive, uh, which was awesome. It's home to one of my favorite telethon songs called Palo Santo. If you want to go check that out, I would highly recommend it. And what was so different about this EP was the fact that they went from 30 tracks to like eight. And that to me was like, okay, this is so much more digestible. And the songs were shorter. We weren't working with a the same kind of conceptual kind of nature that this Grand Spot Nan did. We were still conceptual in the sense that every single track was about kind of crafting these eight different identities and stories. And so we still were working in this kind of concept and universe that the, the vocalist and guitarist and write, main writer Kevin Tully kind of creates. But shorter songs, catchier songs, easier to remember awesome. I signed up right away and had a great time working with them on that. And so, you know, naturally when this record came around, we stayed together. We we didn't break up. We stayed together and I got to work on this new record, Hard Pop, with them. And when I say that this, the glow up is so real between the Grand Spontanean and Hard Pop and, and no shade on the concept record, no shade on the opera. I gotta be honest, that shit was crazy. It was adventurous. It was daring. But Hard Pop was the record that I think brought in a lot of new listeners because it was a very, you know, it was earnest and it was deceptively catchy and it was just like power pop to its core and for the first time ever Kevin started writing about himself instead of other people that he made up in his head and I thought that just being able to get a little bit more personality out of it and really learn more about him and his life experiences and what he goes through on a day-to-day basis really made this album and I hate to say this it made it pop it really did it you know gone were the days where he kind of peeked out from behind the shadows of these fictional characters he made up and instead he had to sort of stand on his own two feet and just tell his own story and I love that I love vulnerability and I think that this record kind of hits all those notes you know something else about hard pop that I love and just about telethon in general. This band could give a fuck less if you do think they're cool. Guess what? They're not cool. It doesn't, the fact that they're so, they could care less about being cool is what makes them so cool. They are the, you know, the first track on this record, which is actually my favorite, and I'm going to play you some of it in a minute. It literally is called Loser. (laughs) And like, I, you know, I think that the fact that they don't care what people think of them, and they just try anything, and they're just so outrageous, that's what makes them cool. And they're influenced from anything from like Born to Run all the way to like Fallout Boy. They don't give a shit if you think that's cool or not. That's cool to them. And that's why Telethon rocks. But yeah, like I said, favorite track 
is no question about it is this first song it's called loser slash that old private hell it's a long track it's six minutes so i can't play you too much of it but it's just it's cinematic and it the way it builds and kind of draws you into their universe it's just so ugh, i don't know it hits all the, the notes i need for a favorite song and i would love to talk more about it but I'm just going to let you hear some of it because the more I talk, the less you can listen. And I just really want you to hear it because I think maybe a six minute song throws you off when you see it at the top of an album. So you just skip through it. And this is a song you cannot skip through. I feel like it is a masterclass in Telethon. And yeah, I'm just going to let them do their thing. And I'm going to let the song play. good uh please go listen to telethon i promise you you will all head over heels for them at some point across that cycle of that record it's just they're too cool they're they're so great um and yeah now let's go into the last record i want to talk about for this episode i've been my idea in the beginning was for these to be mini podcasts i really can't handle the hour plus long ones especially if it's just one person talking if if you got interviews and you got other people a part of it and you have some kind of theme that you know seems well produced and well thought out hours an hour long podcast is great but 20 minute little bites 30 minute little bites that's my more my speed so just gonna get right into the last record and remember i said you know i'm gonna be doing another episode uh at some point later in the month with a few more records that i worked on this year and so there's plenty of time to talk about more and the truth is if you all are enjoying this and you want me to do more stuff like this in the new year i really need you to tell me that because otherwise i'm just not gonna do it so let's get into this last record like i promised i'm gonna play you a clip of it before i even tell you what it is Prince Daddy and the Hyena, and that song was called Lauren Track 2, off of their, honestly, let me just say it, groundbreaking record, Cosmic Thrill Seekers. This record just crushed me. It came out June 28th on Counterintuitive Records, Big Scary Monsters in the UK. Um, Lauren was the first single we released, and I, God, I saved this for the end for a reason, because, oh God, the um, I could do an entire podcast series on Cosmic Thrill Seekers. Like, let's be real. And I think a lot of you would agree with me. I remember seeing friends just like a few, maybe a month before we released Lauren and telling them like, oh my God, this P. Daddy record, you know, like this P. Daddy record is going to blow up. It's It's changed my life. And I feel like the common thread with everyone once the record came out was that it's, it's, it's a life-changing kind of thing. You don't, 
you you hear records like this every couple of years. And especially if you're tuned into music, you hear these every couple of years. If you're just sort of an outlier, you hear records like this maybe once a decade. And it's the kind of thing that you'll go back to time and time again. Like I literally think about the albums that I can't wait to show my future child. And this is one of them that just immediately pops in my mind. So I can't say enough positive things about it. But let me tell you some backstory. I'm going to read a little bit from the bio just because I think it, it does such a great job at explaining such a massive release in such a short period of time. But the basic idea is this is a record that documents very candidly documents Corey Gregory, who's the guitarist and vocalist of the band the cyclical mental health states that Boyd goes through in his life. Um, and it's told through three acts. The three acts are called The Heart, The Brain, and The Roar. 14 tracks. And, you know, this is, you know, the very beginning of the record, it, it's a cyclical thing. So, you know, your first part of the record is The Heart. The second part is The Brain. The third is The Roar. The record begins off of a story of a very bad trip. And what felt like afterwards it was almost like an inescapable trip um that Corey once he fell in he couldn't get out and what follows is manic self-destruction bottoming out and recovering and then slipping up again and it just kind of cycles in a loop um it's it's an odyssey of epic proportions it's a great galloping sonic road trip across space time in albany it boomerangs around a horn of punk pop indie garage rock and orchestral queen style arrangements and theatrics it is undoubtedly the most adventurous i would say indie punk release that came out this year and you know if you haven't listened to it yet, I can't believe you're listening to a podcast of me talking before you listen to Cosmic Thrill Seekers, but I, I get it. It's a lot to think about. It's also a heavy record. You know, it's a heavy thing to think about. And the themes he's talking about here, they are hard ones to hear if you are someone who suffers from any kind of PTSD, anxiety, or depression. But that's kind of what I loved about this record is I felt like Corey was able to take these really intense and ugly things that nobody you know everyone wants to talk about mental health that's cool I'm a mental health person trust me I'm in therapy every week I can I'll talk about it for days musically speaking people tend to talk about the more how do I put this the you know talking points of therapy like and of, of mental health nobody wants to talk about the like oh the times that I fuck up and then I get better and then I fuck up again, you know? And it's just like, that's where this record really fits. And it it's candid about that. And it's still fun. There's still really big moments. Every single song blends into the next one to the point where when we were sending out advances of the record, Jake at Counterintuitive really, you know, he went and he made this SoundCloud, like a private SoundCloud link where the entire album was one track. <laughs> so I had to send out with writers, I was sending them this link and I had to also send them the track listing with timestamps on it. <laughs> so if they wanted to know what a specific song was, they could look that up. The truth is when you listen to this record, you know, once you've known it and you've listened to it for a long time, you can skip around no problem. But when you're first listening to it, please don't sit down and put on Cosmic Thrill Seekers if you don't plan on going for the whole ride. You have to come in at the first track and you have to let it ride through at least once. And the beauty of it is when you get to the end, it ends in the exact same way it begins. So when you get to the end, if you let it keep going and you let it repeat, it feels like the cycle. It feels like this kind of like things are good, things are bad, things are worse, things are good, things are bad, things are worse. And you kind of go, just go in the cycle with Corey. And, you know, that I think is... That's a beautiful thing, but 
I'm talking a lot about it because this record meant so much to me. I mean, there are a few lines that really stood out to me, one of which, you know, says, you know, you're not stuck for good, right? And something about just that one line, oh, like the whole the whole part that that comes from, you know, you're not stuck for good, right? Even if that's what it feels like. You're just a little bit nervous. I learned that one in a past life. That little section, it's a verse on the track Dialogue, which I believe is the fourth track on the record. But that line meant a lot to me. And I actually go back to it all the time. I've had Dialogue on my playlist, uh, my Note Earbuds playlist, since the record came out. Because I think, you know, I could pick out any song from this record and put it on there and listen to it at any time. But that line and that little section to me is so nice to, to think about when you are, when I am feeling like really stuck, you know, and I go to therapy often and I always say like, I just feel stuck, you know, and I think a lot of you know what I'm talking about. I think especially if you're struggling to overcome some emotional issues and things in your life, if you're the only one doing anything about it and you're the only one working on something, then you can feel stuck because it's like you're the only one responsible for it. And therapy will teach you that you are the only person in charge of yourself and that's the only thing you can control. And you're going to have to just get to a point where you can deal with other people who are not at that same place as you. But hearing Corey say, you know, you're not stuck for good, right? It's like I can hear him say it in my head when I'm feeling really down. And that's always meant a lot to me to have. And and it's something that I'm going to remember and I'm going to hold on to. And that's what makes, you know, moments like that on Cosmic Thrill Seekers are it's what makes this record so important and such a, a notable release in the punk community and you know I'm sure you all fans of the band and fans of the record you all probably have so many moments like that too I mean fans of P Daddy I mean we all know like the line I know you can surf this too from uh, their last record and that that line to me meant a lot too it's just the same thing it's like you got this like we're all going through some fucked up shit we're all feeling a certain way our brains are telling us something that it's just not true whether we're feeling depressed or we're feeling anxious or we're feeling like fakes or we're feeling like we can't get anywhere in our lives whatever the feeling is we're all going through it and hearing somebody tell you over your speakers like I know you can surf this too like you can do it and you know you're not stuck for good right like even if that's what it feels like you're gonna get picked up and you're gonna find your way out of it and maybe you'll come back to this place again you probably will realistically speaking there's no fixing the problems that we deal with with our brains there's no fixing that you can take medicine you can go to therapy and those are the ways you can get through it and you can live through it but sometimes it comes back and if you are armed with this kind of knowledge that okay it's gonna come back and I can handle it when it does there's something so extremely powerful in that and that's for me that's cosmic thrill seekers I can put this record on and I can feel like it's gonna be okay even when it's not even when it's the worst you know even when I'm feeling at my worst this record from front to back I can finish it and I can feel the same way I feel when I get out of a therapy session it's just like I'm not stuck I'm gonna be okay I'm gonna be in this place again someday and that's fine I I have the tools I need to get through this muddy water and you know Maybe for other people, those tools are different things. But for me, they are bands. It's a band called Prince Daddy and the Hyena, who I love with all my heart. And I'm going to play some more music from the record. I'm, you know, fuck it. I'll just play. I can't decide. I love Dialogue. And I also love Ursula Merger. I love, there's a couple of songs on here that are just deep cuts that are so good. But I'm going to play a little bit of Dialogue for y'all. And uh, then I'll come back and we'll close this thing out. But please, 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 if you are in any place where... You know, any of these things I'm talking about are resonating with you and you need someone to talk to or maybe putting on Cosmic Thrill Seekers is not doing it for you tonight. It's not it's not 
enough. That's okay. Reach out to me, DM me, email me. I'm completely accessible. I would give out my phone number, but that's a, that, that intimidates me a little bit. <laughs> but you can reach out to me at any time. And please know that like, like Corey says, you're not stuck. You can surf this too. You got this. We're all going through it together in some different kind of way. Let's listen to some P Daddy. Lighten the mood a little bit, and then I'll come back and we'll we'll, we'll talk about a few more records before I end, end this episode. So hold on. Let me give it a rest. reached the end of this first episode of whatever this is going to be if this is going to be an ongoing podcast i will come up with a cooler name for it next year but before i go obviously i I don't have enough time to talk in depth about all of the records i'm a part of i should probably chill like i've said before i should probably chill with the quantity of what i'm involved with but guess what i can't i listen to something and i love it and i believe in it and I'm, i'm going to find a way to tell you about it so To kind of go over, I want to really quickly mention some of the other records that came out in the first half of this year uh, before we get into the next episode where I'm going to talk about the second half of the year. Really quickly, Diva Sweetly released a debut album first thing in the year, early January, they released In the Living Room. They were a pretty brand new name for most people. If you're familiar with Pictures of Vernon or Wednesday, then Diva Sweetly is the sort of renewed version of those bands. And, And they in its own thing entirely as well. Very quirky record, very fun record. Um, loved working on that. Love Anderson, love love the whole band, and can't wait to see what they do next. Um, it came out in January. In February, uh, a great band from Scotland called Pause released an album called Your Church on My Bonfire. Great band. Um, that same month, a band from Philly called Cara Cara put out an EP called Better. Absolutely adore Cara Cara. I guarantee you we're going to be talking about them so much more next year. You have barely, we've barely scratched the surface with that one. Um, in March, we released, <laughs> we, I talk about it like I put these records out myself, but I worked on a record from a band called Pew 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 from Toronto called Optimal Lifestyles. And that record was awesome because number one, incredible album. If you have not listened to Optimal Lifestyles, what is you doing? Um, you have to listen to that. But what was really cool was that on that record cycle, I actually booked my very first late night television performance. Pew 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 was a guest, uh, were a musical guest on Late Night with Seth Meyers back in May. And that was a huge career moment for me. I had, I've gotten bands on TV before, but never in the, <laughs> on one of the main late night shows. You know, I've gotten bands on Carson Daly. I've gotten bands on Chris Gethard's show, but I've never gotten a band on a network, you know, before 1am slot <laughs> of a perf- musical performance. So, hell yeah, Pew. I got to go out there to New York City with them. We got to meet Seth. We got to hang out at this, the show. And uh, I had so much fun. That was an awesome thing. Continuing forward, back in April, Free Throw released an album called What's Past is Prologue. Absolutely their best record. Please check that out if you're not familiar. Australian band called Series released an album called We Are a Team. Beautiful record. Completely uplifting, positive. Um, sort of like, you know, if you like bands like Foxing and, you know, that kind of blend of post-rock and emo, you'll really like Series. Um, we talked about Aaron West. We talked about Slingshot Dakota. 
We talked about Prince Daddy. We talked about Telethon. Origami Angel released their Gen 3 EP in the spring as well. We're going to talk about Origami Angel a lot more in the next episode. So I'm going to glaze right past them. Had a couple of releases in July and early August. We had a band called Lilith from Boston, who I adore. They put out their debut record called Safer Off. A band from New York called Proper put out a record called I Spent the Winter, writing songs about getting better. And that's a nod for all of my Wonder Years fans. And to cap it off, my dear friend, uh, John O'Diner, released a record with his band Baggage called Life in Misophonia, and that came out in the very beginning of August. And there were obviously tons of singles and videos and EPs and other smaller projects that I had a hand in in the spring, but that's the gist of it. I highly recommend sitting down with these records when you have time. I'm also going to be making a big-ass playlist at some point before the end of the year, so you can stay tuned, and I'll put my favorite songs from each of these releases on there for you to check out. But that's it. That's the end of this episode. I don't know how long I've gone for. I'm going to guess it's probably getting close to an hour with all the music. I didn't want it to be an hour. Oh, my God. All right, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go make turkey burger for dinner and hang out with my dog and maybe watch some Grey's Anatomy. Um, But I really appreciate you all for listening. I am sorry it ended up being a lot longer than I wanted, but maybe you like this. I don't know. But remember what I said. If you hate it, just DM me. Just don't say it publicly. I'm sensitive and I'm hormonal. Just let me know on the slide that I got to talk less next time. But if you like this, please publicly let me know. Tag me in, in a post and let me know what you thought. And if you heard a record from listening to this podcast for the first time or this podcast inspired you to go and listen to a record for the first time I need to know that and so does the world so please 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 do not hesitate to put that up on Twitter or your Instagram or wherever let me know that I showed you something new that is literally the fuel to my fire so thanks again for listening and stay tuned for the next episode bye